Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. How does one evaluate a potential hire skills when we have limited knowledge or expertise in that discipline? Now, most technical-based interviews last about an hour, where time is wasted quizzing on subject matter that may or may not be relevant to the actual role itself, scratching the surface on the level of depth that is brought to the table. Consider another option, what I like to call a working session. Invite the person to collaborate on a real problem that is relevant to the business. This gives you unbridled insight into how a person thinks, communicates, and solves problems within the context of real life. This allows you to drill down deeper to gain actual evidence to support the hiring decision either way. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders. Today is another Rick Solo Show, yay, to address one of the hundreds of emails that I get on a weekly basis. As many of you have heard me talk about the working session or the skills-based interview, today we're going to dig into that and discuss it. So we're going to talk about why we should care about a working session and then how to structure and execute a working session skills-based interview into your company. So let's dive right in. Consider this problem that a lot of people are having right now where hires are being made and skills are not matching up to what someone claimed, or they're more than capable to handle a job that you have that is certainly above their pay grade or what they're looking to do. There's a lot of people that are just taking jobs for the perks and the paycheck. If you think about this, these problems are systematic of the actual skills-based portion of the interview that we didn't really delve deep enough on. What's happening here? What's happening is we're hiring maintainers for roles that you need somebody who's a builder or an improver. You're hiring people that might be coming out of a large company that essentially has an impressive background and you're thinking, oh, this person's gonna be great in the role. As you're finding out probably pretty quickly, it's not really the case. We're hiring the wrong people, first off. We're not digging deep enough on the interview process. And then we're also relying on tools that aren't necessarily helping us. We're bringing people through the interview interview process and what's happening is we're testing them on outdated concepts. Things that maybe were learned in college that nobody really uses anymore. I see that quite often, especially from a technical perspective when you're looking for engineers that have some skills behind them or have actually worked in the marketplace for quite some time. The other thing is focusing in on irrelevant problems. The interviews are being conducted in a way where we're focusing in on maybe puzzles or questions like how many quarters can fit in a VW van. Things that will give you an idea of whether or not somebody's smart, but won't necessarily show you that that person's going to do well in your environment. Smart is good. Smart with people is much better, of course. And then also we're taking not enough time in that hour that we're interviewing somebody, we're just going too shallow. So rather than drilling in on one little piece of something and going deep, we're asking a bunch of sequential questions that are essentially bringing us to a point where we've got some sort of knowledge, maybe enough to be able to say, well, seems like a good person. They really seem to know their stuff, but let's just hire them and see how that works out. And as we all know, that doesn't necessarily work out for the best. That comes down to not knowing exactly what you're going to ask. We're not prepping for the interview. We're just kind of having conversations and then not digging deeper with the intention that you're discovering the truth. 
that's what I want to drive home here. Your intention should be driving home to get to the truth of who that person is in the interview. Now let's talk a little bit about why this is important to your company. When you go too shallow, it conceals the truth. Now we as entrepreneurs, as business leaders, we tend to want to get this off our plate. We want to get this role filled so that we can move on to the next thing. But the problem with that is that our need is essentially overwhelming our ability to use common sense. What I mean by that is that we're overlooking all the red flags, all the warning signs, all the problems that could potentially be there in the interview process because we just need to get it off our plate. I would invite you guys to take a step back from that and get yourself out of that mindset. There are a lot of entrepreneurs who do a really, really good job in this place, but I think for the most part, just in general, this is a failure point for us. And so I want you to get in the mindset or just be cognizant of the fact that let's not do that anymore. Let's not let our need to fill the role overwhelm our reason in whether or not this person's gonna be set up for success in our companies. The other thing is smart does not ensure success. And what I mean by that is, you can have a lot of smart people, but if they are adamantly opposed to your values that you drive the company with, they're gonna fail. You can take an A player in one company and put them into another company where they don't align with the values, and I guarantee you really quickly, they're gonna fail. And it's because they just don't align with who you are. At the root, now you're gonna say, well, this person just didn't perform, maybe they just didn't get into the work, but really, they don't align with your values. And then secondarily, Relevant skills give evidence of alignment. When we dig deeper, when we understand who this person is, when we get down to that truth, we take the time to understand exactly what somebody did, how they did it, or how they're solving a problem in real time as we're doing it. It creates that evidence that we're aligned because what happens is we're working together, we're solving a problem, and it becomes very, very evident that this person is either a fit or not a fit in the way they communicate, in the way that they interact, and in the way in which we are solving this problem for our business. Are you listening to Higher Power Radio Show? I'm your host, Rick Gerard. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to order your copy of Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your startup's secret weapon to landing the strongest talent. We're delving into the working session. And so I just talked a little bit about why it's important for you to understand what a working session is and why it's important to your company from the perspective of healing these pains that we all are experiencing right now. And we're all experiencing these pains of really needing people, not being able to find people who are quote unquote qualified. That's subject for another episode. But when we do get people in the interview process, the bigger travesty is not being able to close the right person. So we miss things. Sometimes we make false hires. Sometimes we miss things on who would have been the right hire because we didn't dig deep enough and understand that person. You have to realize that an interview is a very stressful situation for a lot of people, especially when you're talking about engineers. Let's talk about the four components that we want to put into place in order for us to build a working session. A working session is, in fact, a real-life scenario where we're going to have the person come in to an interview for a structured amount of time, and we're going to provide them some problems that we're going to all work on together as a team. If this is part of your environment where you have a collaborative teamwork environment, it's amazing exercise. If it's an environment where people work alone, you only need to have one person do this. 
people are going to have to communicate within the organization. So no matter what you do, you want to put yourself in a position where you're gaining this person's expertise or really learning about this person's expertise and then setting yourself up for success and that candidate up for success. How do we structure it? First, we're going to build the interview structure. Then we're going to define the problem that needs to be solved. Then we go to preparation. We need to prepare the candidate and the team and then execution. Stage one, which is build the interview structure. Let's break this down. In an interview process, we tend to focus in on bringing people in, meeting a team on an individual basis. And what ends up happening is you're having four or five people ask technical questions that may or may not cross over. They may or may not be relevant to the person's job, but we're doing a skill screen. And a lot of times we're not really gathering the data for somebody to walk out of the interview and say, yes, this person's amazing, or no, this person's a hard no, because as I dig into this, it just didn't fit. And this is especially troubling when you're trying to hire a subject matter expert who you don't have the expertise in. You only need one technical or skills-based interview. You can get this completely done with one working session. You can judge people on values on the other interviews, but for the most part, you only need one session. I recommend these be longer. We have one client that can do it in an hour and 45 minutes. I've got another that do it in about two hours. Some people do it in about a half a day, depending on the complexity of your role and the projects that you need to kind of put in front of them and gain clarity on. You only need one skills-based interview. Anything more than that, you're not gathering the right evidence to support whether or not you should move forward. Now timing, I'm gonna break it down. Two hours, that's optimal. Some people do half a day. If you're gonna do half a day, then you should consider paying somebody for their time. Coming in for a half a day, you pay them for their time, and you're probably gathering a lot more intel and expertise from them in that time. Why not make it worth their while? And if you don't hire them, you pay them for that half day of their time. And if you do hire them, you can lump it in some other way. But you do want to compensate people for their time because when you do compensate people for their time, what ends up happening is they put more of their heart and soul into it. They put more of their expertise into it. They put more of their time into it because they know they're getting paid for that. Who we have involved is important. In this structure, you need to find out who needs to be in this technical piece. Now, if you're hiring a subject matter expert, you don't have anybody around who can judge their skills, then you need to actually create a problem that is with the executive team or the leadership team that can help to build some structure around what they know. That needs to be the leadership team. If you can find a subject matter expert who can help you drill down, huge, huge, huge help in being able to bring that person into the interview process. Now we do these interviews in teams. So if you're hiring an engineer, bring the team in. If you're hiring a marketing associate, bring the team in. If you're hiring a sales associate, same thing. No matter what you're hiring, try to bring the team in. And this is where you get to see how this person's gonna either shine or fizzle out with the rest of your team. Also, anybody who's in close interaction. So if this is a critical role where maybe it's product management and they need to work with the engineering team, you need to bring those engineering folks into the product management role so that they can actually work together. Now, defining the problem that needs to be solved is the next step. Now, this is the fun part. I like to break it down into kind of three components. And think about this in terms of what is a current problem that needs to be solved within our organization that this person is going to be responsible for? If you've done a really good job description and you've actually 
putting in time to break down performance metrics of what you expect in the first 90 days. This puts you in a huge competitive advantage because now you can actually take one of those problems and you can use that as the problem that you're going to solve. So for example, you need somebody who can define and put together a specific campaign or a problem. That puts you in a position where essentially you can create the framework for that or get an idea of their strategy that they would put forward to build that out. So three components to this can be broken down into different timeframes. So we've mapped it out for two hours. I'll give you guys an example of kind of what we've built, which is we start with a goals review, and that is to understand expectations of KPIs. What is this person's expectations of how they're going to approach their job and what accountability are they going to be building into the process? Then we do a data or a gap analysis. Oh, that first part, by the way, takes about five minutes. We just want to do a quick KPI or goals review, five minutes or less. Then we're going to take 10 minutes and we're going to do a data analysis or a gap analysis. We want to understand how they interpret maybe some data, some requirements, any technical information that we need or any scope of work that we've set forth. We're going to provide them this data, this information beforehand so they have time to review and prepare for it. It's not common to provide people with content before you actually bring them in for an interview. The data that we've compiled from our firm is that when people are given preparation for an interview, they do much better or they fail much harder, which is great because the whole purpose of an interview is you want them to either be wildly successful so you can give them the opportunity to shine or you want them to fail quickly so you can thank them for coming in and send them on their way. And then finally, the biggest part of this is going to be the collaboration piece. And we're going to allow for probably an hour to 45 minutes for this piece, maybe an hour and a half with some Q&A at the end. I always like to allow some extra time for Q&A or actually to download their feedback. Feedback from everybody, whether or not they stick within the process or they exit the process with you, it's so great to be able to get their feedback. And after they leave, you'll never get their feedback. So while they're there, why not get their interview feedback on what they thought of how the interview went and use it? The collaboration piece is actually reviewing the details of the problem. We're going to do some work and solve that problem. And that's really it. We're essentially discussing whatever the plan is, and then we're allowing them to take ownership of it and drive. What do they feel is the best strategy? How do we approach this problem? You're letting them take lead if it's a leadership role, if it's a just primarily like a, an engineering role or somebody else who's kind of coming in within a team, then you take lead and you drive it, but you're looking for them to be contributing to the assignment. You're looking for them to be active in participating with this exercise. So what we're trying to do is really dig into their why. How would you bring this plan to life? Based on what you know, what would be your recommendations for reaching these goals? Why? What other angles can we take? And what would be the priority and why? Again, this is not an exercise where it's just going to be a quick, hey, how many years of X do you have? How strong do you feel with this? And that sort of thing. It's really going to be drilling down on what somebody knows, but more importantly, how they problem solve, how they learn, how they would approach the problem if they don't know something. And are they willing to open up and say, hey, I don't know that, but here's how I would go about approaching that problem. Now, the third piece would be preparation for the candidate and team as we're putting this structure in place. The preparation is key in making sure that everybody that you bring forth into a working session will be successful. And when I say successful, it'll be a successful exit or an entry. 
the ideal of this is we want to know really quickly whether or not somebody can handle the role. Let them prepare. You're going to send them the details in advance. You're going to also set up the expectations and discuss the steps and the next steps if things go well. Let them know that, hey, look at during the course of the interview at any time, if you feel like this isn't really for you, let us know. We don't want you to waste our time. You're also going to let them know that we're going to also convey that same information to you. If during the course of the interview, it's not working out, we're going to address that with you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to counter it or agree. And then we'll either move forward or we'll end the interview at that point. The biggest challenge that most people have is they complain about the fact that they go to an interview, they get zero feedback, and then they leave the interview and they hear nothing back. Four or five days goes past, they start to get mad and angry, and then of course, incoming bad glass door review. If you're giving somebody closure at the time of the interview, you completely avoid all that. And as a matter of fact, you'll probably get people little recommendations based on the fact that I didn't get hired here. However, this was the best interview process that I ever went through. I got to work through some problems. I got to find out things about myself that I didn't know. And of course, it wasn't a fit for me, but it was a great overall experience. Now your team needs to be coached as well. The team needs to be coached to, number one, be open-minded and bias-free. Because what ends up happening is a lot of times you might bring in somebody who's smarter than another team member, and that person might get threatened. They might feel like, hey, look at if we bring this person in, I might lose my job, or they might take my position. This is really detrimental to the business because you don't want to be in a position where you have somebody who's making a decision who's fearful of somebody else stealing their job. People do have these feelings. People do live in fear of somebody else taking what they have. We do need to coach them to be cognizant of that. And the way we set actions in place to ensure that they do not make decisions based on feelings or bias or what have you is to make sure that everybody understands that evidence is what we make decisions on. It's not like, well, I had an icky feeling about this person. It's more about, hey, look at this person wouldn't work because of the fact that when they worked on this project, this part of the project, they completely shut up and they didn't do anything. They didn't contribute and they shut down. They couldn't handle the pressure. That's viable evidence. Viable evidence is not, well, I didn't like the way somebody said something that they used a word that I didn't like or something to that effect. Made me think that they wouldn't fit the culture. The cultural interview piece will take care of that. We just need to swim in our lane here and make sure that we're focused just purely in on evidence of the skills. So we're going to ignore opinions and we're going to praise evidence. Whenever somebody brings evidence to the table, boom, you guys nailed it. This is fantastic. We'll pass on this person or yes, let's move forward and move them toward a hire. The final piece of this is, is coaching your team to work true to your values. And what I mean by that is as your company grows, as a leader, you should be making the language of your values a thing within your organization. Amazon does it best. They're guiding principles by how they make decisions. It's a language within all people who work at Amazon. You should be doing the same. The main reason it works, number one. Number two, people make decisions based on what your values are as opposed to their own personal motives. So we're going to keep people out of that. How people act daily, working true to the environment, those are the things that need to be brought forth in that working session. We're not going to do things that we wouldn't normally do on a daily basis. They want to put people under pressure, but they don't have a pressure environment. If you have a high pressure environment, then yes, put pressure throughout the whole interview process. And that should be forthright and out there so that somebody knows, hey, look it, we're going to stress you. We're going to put you under some pretty strong pressure and see how you handle it. And then finally, executing to the core values, right? 
make sure that as we run this interview process, we're essentially executing in a way in which we are giving the best light of our company to that person so that person could either lean in or back away. Again, remember the interview process is first and foremost for somebody to either lean in or back out. We wanna to get to that as quickly as possible. Somebody bailing out of the interview process is not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, that's probably the best thing that could happen in the outcome of an interview outside of a hire. Key takeaways for today's episode, build a working session for each role. Break it down into each department. There are some companies that I work with, they have standard for different roles and they hire multiple roles and they just run the same working session. Perfect. If you have multiple roles and you just plug in that one working session, it makes it super easy. Two, prepare both your team and your candidate for success. It's really, really important that when people know what to expect or what you expect out of them and you're building accountability into it, it puts you in a position where you're going to have a much better result. We want people who come into the interview to perform. We don't want people to hide. We want people to either fail quickly or get through the process quickly. And then finally, team collaboration and buy-in. Buy-in is based on evidence and not just uncertain feelings. Uncertain feelings or gut or excuses that really have no merit to them, like I just didn't get a good feeling about that person, are 100% bias-ridden. So that is a key indicator that somebody is making a decision based on maybe some fear or something else. And I encourage you to dig deeper into that, what that is. With that, we're going to end today's episode, keep it kind of a short one. I want to thank you for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. And thank you guys, everybody, for the emails that I get requesting different topics. I want to continue to do this. So I also want to thank our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all this shows for you, and we're going to continue to provide more valuable content as the weeks progress. You can subscribe to the podcast at hire, H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Jeff Hyman. Jeff is the CEO of Recruit Rockstars. He's also the author of Recruiting Rockstars as well. I'm your host, Rick Girard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.